Yeah? Yeah, we're recording. Okay, we're rolling. Great. That's great. Yeah. That's good news. This is Monster Manual Mash. This is a podcast where we read the Monster Manual and we talk about it. Yeah. Confusing people <laughs> as they come in. What's going on? It's been a while. It's been a while. We had a a, a brief hiatus, maybe, of sorts? No, that's too official. That's too, yeah, an unofficial hiatus. I think they just call that laziness. Yeah. It's been a while, but we're back. We're back into the swing of it, um, and today's monster is... How do you pronounce this? Chul? Chul? I'd Chul? say Chul. Chud? Chud. It's <laughs> pretty much it, yeah. I would say, I, I've been calling it a Chul in my head. Okay. Chuls. Um, Crawl from a time before time. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I have to, to totally derail the podcast oh, okay. and close the door before yeah. Casey runs outside. Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll... Someone has to be here. Uh, what do we, what do we get? What do we know about the tool here? It's probably, I'm probably going to end up cutting this all from the podcast because I'm just talking to myself while Chris goes and wrangles his dog. Right. Well, Casey's back. So is Chris. And we're ready nice. to talk about this monster. Right. The tool. The tool. So the tool is a crustacean modified and endowed with sentience by aboliths. So go back, listen to episode one again. Yeah. And then you will remember that the abolith is a big uh, uh, lung fish type of thing. It's like a, like a fish with tentacles. It's like kind of a squid fish. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, the oar fish. Yeah. It kind of looks uh, a bit like that. It's like... Mixed with, uh, mixed with like, um, I don't know. <laughs> slime. Mixed kind of with like with a bit of a lamprey in there, some slime, bit of mind control. Yeah, they're big. Uh, they're big psychic dominant. They're they were the first uh, dominant creatures on on Earth even before the gods, and they had these big empires, but they were all underwater, and they would control your mind and and get you to amass treasure and power for them, and yeah. then gods happened, and the Abolith empire crumbled yeah but the tool were their their guys yeah uh so the crustaceans modified and endowed with sentience by abolis um i think sentience especially when we're talking about animals that are being mind controlled whether they be human or otherwise they're often try to they make this uh either those like some things have it and some things don't but I know that it's a contentious area, and I looked up a bunch of. I tried to get a, an internet consensus. Yeah, unsentience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, from what I can tell, evidence kind of points to almost all animals having sentience. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much across the board. There's something that is like to be anything that's alive. Yeah, even yeah. Uh, fish, which is like a newer, a newer thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know about crustaceans in particular, and I don't know about insects. I never, I never understood like the skepticism around like there being an experience of being a fish that like some like people have for yeah. some reason. Because like, I don't know why this is where I draw the line, but it's like they're vertebrates. <laughs> they have like, yeah, they have the same nervous they have kind of the exact yeah. same thing as we do. There are like moray eels that like are, are friends with specific scuba divers that like look forward to those <laughs> scuba divers, like coming to that coral reef and they like bring them treats, like as if it's like a, 
you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. They they do this kind of thing. Yeah. I can get like having weird feelings about like, I don't know if that like fruit fly has a whole lot of conscious experience going on. But like, no, if, if it's if it's a living thing that can move around, there's. Yeah. It's yeah. just a matter of like how similar to it to your yeah. experience is theirs. And because we all have goals and because we have goals, we feel yeah. we're urged to do things that further our goals. Yeah. And usually with animals, it's emotions that make us do that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 weird. Although I did know um, uh, a friend of mine's dad is a insect neurologist. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And I got a story from him one time and it was a while ago and I'm probably like scrambling it as i over the years but it had something to the effect that insects at least the ones he was he was studying they are so compartmentalized that they it's hard to say if they have sentience yeah because they uh they kind of act like they know something is wrong like if you if you break an ant's leg or something it knows that it's not working anymore Yeah. yeah it's hard to say if it feels a certain way about it and uh yeah because they don't uh i don't know they just don't act like this they don't act the same as vertebrates yeah and it's weird and it's weird with like an ant colony right because there's plenty of situations where like you got to sacrifice a bunch of ants to get something done yeah so like ants wouldn't have the same like aversion to suffering i think that like animals that are more individual would have in a certain way but the ant colony has that aversion in a certain way yeah so yeah. yeah, but it's hard for the individual ants. Uh, we just like we we don't know. Yeah, yeah. we have no like, idea what the ants' preferences are or its experience. Yeah, but you could speculate yeah. that it'd be yeah. it makes sense for insects to not feel things the same way we do because yeah. their their mortality rate is so high yeah. and their their survival methods are usually around having ten thousand children at a time. Yeah. And so we need to cross this river. Well, let's have enough babies so we can make a raft out of them <laughs> and ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Here, eat my flesh to get it done faster. Yeah, which is funny. Um, uh, it would make sense to not feel pain because why? How? How would that help you survive? Yeah, yeah. But I, it wouldn't. It wouldn't help you. I don't think. Unless you were the queen, right? Yeah. Uh, but even then, you're, you're probably not trying to solicit help from other queens. All you probably have to not. do is just, like, change the pheromone you pump out. You don't have to, like, yeah. bi- like bitch and moan about right. it. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, you just right. change how you smell, and then the slaves get to work. Got to get my self-defense funk going on. Yeah. Yeah. So this is all kind of a long-winded way of saying that. Uh, so a lot of times, especially talking about the psychic monsters yeah. in the book, talk about sentience as being, like, the more sentient you are, the more juicy, the more ripe you appear mm-hmm. to monsters that eat psychic people yeah. or use psychic people. Yeah. And so whenever it talks about sentience in D&D, I think just swap it out with like, um, I don't know. I don't know what, if all animals or most of them are sentient, yeah. what would actually be the th- reason that these brain hunting uh, animals would go after sentient things. I don't just know. Just like complex? Yeah. Com- complexity? Like, 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 uh, like diverse preferences? <laughs> yeah. I like I guess yeah. in D&D you could, you could almost, it's almost, e- uh, of course it's easier. You just say anything of like intelligence 10 or higher yeah. or something like that. <laughs> because then you can yeah. kind of uh, objectively 
score that. You don't have to make it some weird scientific qualifier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. And it's easy to get into the whole, like, well, what is, what, like, how do we define, like, sentience versus, like, consciousness versus, yeah. like, you don't want to be sapience. doing that when you're playing a D&D yeah, game. You, totally. don't, you probably want to be listening to this, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe you do. It's long-winded and boring. Yeah. Maybe to you. <laughs> We're having a good time. Um. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, well, yeah, they're, like, they're intelligence five, right? Yeah. So they are um not... Uh, as complex as a human if we want to talk about complexity which mm. is like probably its own can of worms but more complex than a lobster maybe right maybe maybe well what are the lobster stats i don't know let's look there's there there's other, gotta be something there's gotta be lobster or like giant crab i think yeah I think there's regular crab. crab also it's one it's the intelligence one. is one okay it's like roughly that makes kind of sense that sort right? of makes sense yeah it's like five times as intelligent yeah, that's not how that works. That's not. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> not know even in the game. Are there other other like real world like animals that have an intelligence of five that are in the thing? Oh, good question. That'd be a good. That'd be a good compare. Yeah, giant elk intelligence seven. Okay, so an elk is smarter than the chul. Uh, chul is smarter than a crocodile. Yeah, the eagle is smarter than the chul. What would you guess? Boar, badger, snake. What's the snake? I think it's quite the snake is uh the, sorry, flying snake. A flying it's snake. Two. Okay. It's kinda yeah. hard to uh make that call. <laughs> a cat is three, so it's jewel smarter than a cat. A cat is three. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and the dire wolf is three. Okay. As well. Yeah. So the jewel's smarter than a wolf, but not as smart as an elk. Yeah. Who are smarter than wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Bears are only two. Boars are two. I like that an elk is seven. I think uh, a giant eagle is eight, but yeah. so far the elk is uh, like the second highest. Yeah. What's a baboon? Baboon is four. Okay. So the chul is smarter than a, than a primate. Ape, six. Okay. So an ape, but not a baboon. Okay. <laughs> still not quite at elk level okay, we could do this all day yeah <laughs> yeah okay so the tool the tool is yeah all not right. as smart as a baboon but smarter than a cat yeah <laughs> no smarter than a baboon smarter as smart as a baboon yeah not as smart as an ape yeah yeah well baboon <laughs> had elk four intelligence right so the tool has yes, five right. so they are right. slightly okay slightly more intelligent so that's how baboons. you can remember how how smart they are yes. just think between yeah. A baboon and an ape. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> um, they follow... Yeah. Back to the list of things that the Chul is. Yeah. They follow ingrained directives since the dawn of time. So they were like given some orders. Yeah. Standing orders and they're, 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 they're keeping to those. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting because they are not merely automatons because they have intelligence five. Yeah. They're smarter than a baboon. Yeah, they which have is some agency. A primate. Yeah. So they're, they've got something going on in, in the brains. But it'd be imagine, I kind of think about having, like, we all need to eat and sleep and have yeah. our, we all have our primal needs. Mm-hmm. What if they had one more, which was like to gather treasure and put it in this box that an aboleth told it to do? Yeah. Like a million years ago. Yeah, or like to guard this thing. Yeah. You know, just don't let anything that isn't a sea creature looking guy 
yeah <laughs> inside of this inside of this but temple. they have uh like comparable intelligence and maybe even personalities yeah to humans or at least primates yeah. primates are have personalities and uh but they have like this need to do this other thing that is just as vital to it as eating or sleeping yeah yeah i think that'd be uh that's a, an interesting thing to put onto like an actual human villain or something yeah. like an npc oh man make them give them a weird uh drive to do something uh that comes in conflict with your pcs but make it like part of their personality that they just do it compulsively yeah like um like maybe there was because i i'm imagining like um uh like a have we because they're they're like different tools would have different jobs probably for eternity sort of thing i'm 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 imagining that they would and so you could find one that was like well it was a cleaner tool so like it's pretty friendly we keep it around but like you just gotta let it clean stuff because if you (laughs) don't let it clean stuff it gets real eviscerating yeah so yeah 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 uh that would be a good way to uh, game like try to challenge players into exploiting the different ways that tools like are compelled to do things yeah you could have some like the three rules of like tools instead of robotics (laughs) tools rules humans it was (laughs) (laughs) and just use asimov's like rules of robotics but like replace humans with aboleths and that's how the tools work Uh you know (laughs) tools rules tools rules oh man and you can do like a a dr steve brule yeah uh tools rules bit (laughs) you can do bits what else they got? They are primal relics. They serve as extensions of the Abolith's will on land because the Abolith can't get, they can't go there. Yeah. Um, so they're like the, the in-between, they're the middlemen and they go and they collect other sentient creatures for the Abolith to control in their, their Abolith palaces. Yeah. And the tools to this day continue to collect humanoids and treasure and consolidate power even though the empire isn't there anymore. Yeah. So you're just hanging out, being a fisherman, and all of a sudden these crab people walk into the ocean, grab everybody. Yeah. And bring them, bring them into the water. And then they, they take you to probably what is like an old stronghold of some sort. Yeah. And then they just like keep you there. Yeah. Which I think is a hilarious episode <laughs> of D&D to be like, because once they capture you, like what if they just they just keep you? What if yeah. they just kept you and like didn't harass you or didn't like do anything bad to you? But they just like kept you there. Yeah, because they were like they were told to like bring living, yeah. unharmed, like, and then it became subjects. Yeah, and it became like a like a World War Two prisoner of war drama. It became yeah. like Hogan's Heroes or something where you're like <laughs> you're kept in this uh, like maybe it's not even like a room. Maybe it's like this whole complex and there's like a whole community of yeah. imprisoned people that have formed their own like underworld or their own like society but they yeah. can't leave but they're not the tools don't interfere in what happens yeah they just inside. don't let you leave this is like okay yeah. well we've got like shops and like a tavern yeah yeah and, like, what if whole... there's like this whole uh, society of yeah. prisoners uh the problem with that is uh like making sure your players get captured yeah which is never fun to like railroad able to capture that's true yeah one of the things i find players hate the most is being captured 
losing control of their their characters yeah and like one of the only ways that that like happens is just you make the fight so overwhelming that they can't win and it drags yeah, on forever and it drags on forever the final attacks be non-lethal and then they wake yeah, up in a place it's it takes a while and if you already have this in mind yeah. you can do it then it's inevitable so you're just kind of wasting everybody's time it's the yeah. illusion of choice yeah and, i guess you could start an adventure with like you're in a yeah that's actually a good way to get rid of that. You're, you're just like you're in you an airtight compartment, going it. deeper into the ocean, captured by crab people. Yeah, you're you don't remember zero. how you got here. Yeah, and you have to you have to do that. That would be fun. Yeah, <laughs> and the chul are like not uh, unreasonable. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they're kind of like rival soldiers that are stuck at the same camp as you. You eventually develop these weird relationships with them. Yeah, yeah, or maybe they do favors for you, or like. They like there's uh, some back some back scratching going on. Yeah, yeah. And, or you could even go another way where like you you are captured and you realize that their old gods are long gone, mm-hmm. but they can't get out of this compulsion. So you have to like like rehabilitate them in yeah. order to secure your own freedom. So you have you to can... impersonate an aboleth to like. Give oh, maybe them that's one way to do new it. orders that are yeah. more fulfilling. Yeah, or yeah, or just help them get over there. Yeah, that's yeah. more. I was thinking of more of like a social worker kind of thing, but the <laughs> pretending <laughs> pretending to be an aboleth is a good way too. So you... Just put a squid on my head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, just to help the end, like to to reintegrate these like lost manipulated crab people into the world is like yeah, imagine yeah these are these are like good capable citizens that can like help out with everything they can contribute to society we yeah. just you know we just gotta and what if they knew it was a compulsion that they couldn't yeah that were still happening for no reason they're sort of like they it's it's kind of like a like an addict that has accepted yeah. the fact that they have an addiction it's like i can't control this aspect of my life but i know i can see it it's there but it's like i just can't stop collecting people for the <laughs> abolists i just i yeah. want to I can quit any time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the great thing about like knowing that I don't have to like serve the masters is that I can, I can, I can serve the masters and it doesn't matter. Cause I don't, I know I don't have to, you know, so yeah. I can just, I can do it sometimes and I'm not forced to, it's a choice. It's know? a choice. <laughs> and I know that I like it a lot. <laughs> there find ways to rationalize. Yeah. But, yeah. It could be like a very special episode of D and D. You can set you... up a halfway house for recovering tools. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That is a good way to spend your game. <laughs> um, Where were we? Uh, well, they're perfectly obedient, so we, we kind of captured that whole bit oh, yeah. of it, but T- they, they're designed to endure the ages. Endure the ages. Oh, yeah. Right? Was that a was that the next sort of bit we're getting at here? I um, guess it is now. Uh, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> um, so they uh, they were kind of designed to be sort of impervious to the ravages of time, um, so they just grow in size and strength as time passes so that's kind of i think how they got to be as big as they are now Mm because they were just sort of designed to just kind of keep getting tougher yeah just like um that's kind of like real lobster yeah biology isn't it well they yeah they pretty much they don't have most animals have um like some genetic kind of information that tells them like okay you're that the size you got to be now it stops releasing certain chemical signatures signals that make them keep growing but lobsters don't really have that they just keep getting bigger and the only reason that um, we haven't seen just colossal, like, uh, you know, like Godzilla fighting lobsters is because they get to a certain point where they can't really feed themselves effectively because they're too big. 
or something that eats them because like stuff eats lobsters all the time. Yeah. But I've always like had this pet theory in my head that there's like two or three just massive lobsters <laughs> in the bottom of the ocean. Just big daddies just, hanging out there. They're downstairs. just regular lobsters that just yeah. happen to live for like 7,000 years. They just outlasted. Yeah. Like I think statistically there, there should be yeah. over time, right? Because they've been around forever, the lobster. Yeah. There could be like a million year old lobster, you know? I read something that um, part of the reason we might not know about them, but we we know about huge lobsters, but not yeah. like mega lobsters, yeah. is because the traps designed to catch lobsters only catch ones that are oh they're only so big. Yeah, that that's a pretty elegant <laughs> sort of like <laughs> reason for that. Yeah, yeah, but like you think they would still have observed lobsters that would be mammoth sized right but like i i would imagine i'm just speculating here uh-huh. but like a real like big ass lobster would probably have an easier time going downhill than uphill they probably <laughs> tend over time towards going to going down the ocean yeah um where like dead whales and stuff and just like, all the decaying matter falls down that's what lobsters mostly eat is decaying right. matter right so if they're they would just like find a good spot where like lots of dead stuff rolls down there and sit there and just like get gigantic, you know. I bet you was a thick lobster in the Marianas Trench. Yeah, just like a big, just huge lobster, yeah. you know. Just a real, real unit. <laughs> <laughs> unit. Yeah. Um, but chules don't seem to get that big. They are large aberrations. So. Yeah, but again, yeah. Uh, you could do chules of different uses. Yeah. So you could have a. a a big chul. Yeah. That's the foundation chul that the city is built on. <laughs> the founding <It's>... chul. <laughs> um, let's see here. Chuls um, of different sizes you could do. That's true. Yeah. And they linger in silent observance of Eon's old commands in Abolith ruins. So there's your dungeon placement. Yep. They sense magic at a distance. They sense the magic, compelled to kill and take things from treasure-seeking uh adventurers yeah so there's another reason to get have be set up be set upon by chules is if you have anything magic on you you know yeah you got any any magic users any magic stuff which like you're bound to have yeah right? especially uh the, the later on in whatever campaign you're yeah. playing uh depending you could like really dial that up so that you could have like a predator type scenario where yeah. it's hunting magic users mm. and you don't know and it, it tries to pick off magic users strongest yeah. to, to weakest magic set magic presence or whatever. So right. if you just yeah. have a magic uh, belt, then you you might be on the list, but you might be further down. But then the sorcerer or a wizard is definitely yeah. up there. And like whoever picks up that like, you know, talking sword is going to be way up there on the yeah. list. That's a, yeah. And they could use that as bait, maybe, if oh, they can yeah. sense, if they, like, in the top layer of the dungeon, they have an obvious magic thing that they know adventurers are going to be yeah. using or, like, wanting to pick up. And it's, and as soon as someone picks it up and moves it, they can, they, they sense, sense that it's moving. Movement. Yeah. So it's like they're fishing themselves. Yeah. That's great. That's good. You could use that in your, in your game. There you go. Or whatever you're doing. That one's for free. Yeah. Um, you know what they remind me of uh very very much the um gartham from the dark crystal gartham yeah that was those are the crab soldiers that the skexies sent oh everywhere, yeah 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 um that were like really really bad at, at uh finding the the what are they called gelflings you yeah. know 
So they, they captured Augur instead, but like their whole job was like, oh, Gotham, find the Gelflings. <laughs> yeah. And they just like show up with nets full of the pod people. Yeah. Like no matter what, they just find like just whatever looks kind of like a little human. Yeah. And they're, they just kind of show up and smash everything. And that's all they. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's great. That's just the, you're just having a party, you know, your weird little <laughs> hobbit people. such dicks. And I love imagining hobbits to be more like the pod people from the Dark Crystal when I'm reading Lord of the Rings. It's just weird little potato creatures yeah. <laughs> having a sweet party. And like, like a regular occurrence, I think, I'm imagining in the Dark Crystal universe is if the crab people just show up and crash And just start tearing things down. Yeah. Like, and it's just like a force of nature. You just sort of deal with it. It's like sometimes crab people take some of us away. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we, don't, we don't take it personally. Sometimes it snows, not... you know. Sometimes you get a bumper crop. Yeah. Music got me. <laughs> so imagine them being actually kind of passionless. Yeah. But also at the same time so destructive and menacing. Yeah. That they like the reason that they're smashing tables is that they might flush out more people that way. Yeah. It's not because they're trying to intimidate you. They're just well, I guess that's kind of the same thing, but the intention is like they don't delight in doing it. They're just like I don't know, there could be another human in this table. I better smash it and see if one comes yeah. out. Oh, nope, okay. <laughs> Moving on to yeah. the next thing. Well, if they're if they're like if they're like basically ascended crabs then like that's I yeah feel they'd like, be breaking stuff yeah, all the crabs time just claw, try their right? just to see what stuff. happens yeah that's why cats knock things off of tables is to see just just to check if it's a mouse because they know that mice freeze when they're in like serious danger to try yeah, to, like yeah. okay maybe if i don't move it won't eat me and so what cats do is just like well is it if this is the mouse pretending not to be a mouse i'm just going to knock it off the table ah. and see that's one theory as to why cats are are such assholes <laughs> just like seemingly <laughs> seemingly just are trying to watch the world burn and just yeah. like kind of staring at you and say like oh were you worried about this glass of water yeah it's and so that's i sometimes sometimes i see cats doing that i'm like well yeah you want to check if it's a mouse that that makes sense to me yeah or at least the uh, to make a sudden if like a mouse is hiding behind it yeah and if you if it smashes or make you you flush it out somehow, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that that tracks. But they also cats also just like will kill birds and not eat them just for fun, just to yeah. hone their skills. So I'm pretty sure like most cats do have a streak of just like destroying things for the fun of it. Definitely the sheer fun of it. Definitely, you know? yeah. yeah. They're just practicing. Yeah, and uh, but they get. You know, it's like humans. Humans yeah. hunt for fun. Totally. That's it's one the of the things I thing. can relate to the most with cats. It's like I, I would absolutely use my cat superpowers if I was a cat. Right. You know? If like... <laughs> Anyways, crabs. So that's <laughs> probably what chules are doing crabs. when they're smashing. Well, I guess that's what the Garthor were doing when they're smashing tables. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking for, <laughs> looking for, looking for bod people or gelflings or whatever. Yeah. But that's, that's, I feel like that's exactly what i'm kind of picturing when i'm picturing chules is the crab monsters i think that is my favorite yeah. way to picture them yeah because so there's the image in the monster manual but it has that thing that we've talked about a bunch before where it's like yep that is as you describe it that is definitely a lobster monster yeah and it has none of the the feeling or the mood described in the text yeah so like it's... you'd want something that shows like a silently waiting mm -hmm. creature withstanding the the ravages of time by itself you'd want yeah. like a mood of some sort how to like place it in a scene with the players and like what kind I feel of like atmosphere have... you want to give yeah a bunch of barnacles growing on it and all these like scars and dents and sort of like there some ravages of time on this yeah thing, and i'd know? want i'd want some like setting so you yeah. can really like this 
this ruined darkness, but this thing still waiting. Yeah. Just kind of like plainly in this dark place. Yeah. Or maybe like waiting underneath a floorboard looking at like waiting for adventurers to like come in its path or something like that. Like something... Something more than this, which is just like, oh, it's got its its pincers up and it's going to like, it's like, come at me, bro. Yeah. With its, um, like a District 9 face. Oh, yeah. It's prone. Yeah. It's prone face. And, uh, and the lighting that comes from like all over. Yeah. It's like at a photo shoot. <laughs> taking glossy photos. Yeah. So like it gets the anatomy across and like the actual form of the thing, but there's like, it doesn't do much for me. Yeah. So, I do like that it has uh, a flipper tail um that helps explain that it has a like a swim speed. Swim speed, also. yeah. You know, yeah, I can kind of picture the... it swimming a bit better with that. Yeah. It's like a yeah. shrimp. Yeah. Do you think it swims backwards like a shrimp? And sort of like has all of its limbs kind of drag forward? You I know? think it has to. It's gotta. It's gotta. Yeah. That's the only way that makes sense. I will say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, There's one more uh, thing that I know of oh, yeah. in the text that is, I think, something we haven't said yet, is that when they come into contact, they're waiting servants. So when a, if they've been without an Aboleth for a really long time, and yeah. then an Aboleth and the Chul like, cross paths yeah. or come within a certain distance, mm-hmm. then the Chul just like automatically is, like whatever it's thinking is overridden by the Aboleth. Yeah. And it starts doing... It, it says something strange here. It says like... Such tools redirect their compulsions to the service of the Aboleth's sinister purposes, which I think kind of means like whatever they're doing, they start doing for the Aboleth or like rationalizing. Yeah. Like they keep following whatever ingrained orders they had, but they just kind of like reinterpret them slightly. Yeah. So that it's for that specific Aboleth. Yeah. I guess something like that. Something like that. Yeah. It's oddly worded like when they've already like kind of made, said it. Tools that come into contact with Avalis immediately assume their old roles. Just like, I, gra- I grasp that. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And then the last line, such tools redirect their compulsions to the surface of the Avalis sinister purposes. <laughs> Let's just say the same thing again with slightly... But like mince it up a bit. Yeah, modified language. <laughs> I feel like... Um, you know that book, The Elements of Style? Yeah. It's like, I forget, I can never, it's, it's like Strunk and White or like Funk and Wagner. It's something like that. It's, it's, I don't know. It's like, I don't know who. It's like two guys' names and it's like a book about how to like write properly, right? That's like a classic example because in the book is full of these examples of here is something to not do and here's how to do it (laughs) right. That's like a, that's a good example of like when they would say like, get rid of this sentence completely and make a little sassy comment about like people who (laughs) use that kind of wording. Yeah. But maybe it's important. That's the thing. I'm trying to interpret it because maybe it's like an interesting way of looking at it, but it's, uh, you have to get like really into the mind of of the tool to like kind of understand what that redirect the gradient of this is. Their compulsions to the service of the Ableth's sinister purposes. Okay. Well, so they have compulsions, right? Yeah. So they can't help but do the thing that they do. Um, but how is it different now that there's an Aboleth nearby? Yeah. Because they were already doing it for the Aboleth. Yeah. I think it's just got to be like, okay, instead of like just doing the stuff for like the Aboleth Empire in general, yeah. like this Aboleth now, now tied is the to specific that one, one that's in charge. So if this Aboleth is like, go do this thing now, they're like, yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. master. Sure. We'll go. Yeah. 
but That's they as say close it in as deep we're speech. Get, well, no, they don't say it in deep speech. They can understand deep speech, but they, they can't, can't speak. speak. So they don't even have uh, like psychic. They don't have telepathy. Yeah. So they don't. They just uh, like body language and yeah. and whatever else. What can they do? They can um they they can pinch you with their pinchers. Yeah. So their whole deal, uh, they've got, uh, they have sense magic, which is how they track stuff. Yeah. And they have a pincer attack, and they have tentacles, and they have a multi attack, which means they can do two. So they can do two pincers or two tentacles, or whatever. Yeah. The combination. So the the pincher, pincer attack does damage, and then you're automatically grappled. Yeah. Which isn't that big a deal in 5th edition. No. Because you can still fight like entirely effectively. Yeah. You're, uh, just, you're just in its claws. You're just in its claws. Yeah. And then the tentacles do no damage, but they can paralyze you for up to a minute. Yeah. But, and we've talked about this before. Again, this is one of those things where it describes having an ability as part of its like day-to-day operations when in the rules it is really ineffective yeah. if you can only po- uh, paralyze something for up to a minute yeah then you have a maximum one minute to actually carry something to your lair before it you have to like hit it again successfully yeah um i'm sure it's like easier to hit it as it's paralyzed maybe you just like keep because i don't think there's a limit on how many times you can hit yeah it doesn't seem to be a limit so like maybe when they're actively carrying things and trying to keep them paralyzed it's like a maintenance sort of thing they have to like keep reapplying they're like yeah it just keeps having to constantly paralyze the face with tentacles yeah and you can also save at the end of your turn so every six seconds Hmm. yeah which we'll say you have a chance of getting out of it so statistically after like Within an hour. Yeah. No matter what. Like, you're getting out of there. You're getting out of there. Yeah. You're getting out of there. You have, you have, if if you're using the six second thing. Yeah. You have, like, 60 tries. Not 60 tries. 10 tries. Yeah. And then. Yeah, that's a weird one. Because it, if, but if you gave it, like, the paralyze ability that would, like, sort of fit the lore of the creature yeah the that would immediately make it like a more threatening it'd be insane mechanical creature in combat yeah. it's like okay well now everyone's nobody can move yeah now the game's over because crab bit you <laughs> yeah yeah but i think it should be the game over because it should be like you could have the pow yeah. camp idea but like i see that is i yeah. see what you mean and i do agree with it you, yeah. it's hard to uh, have the two things happening, but I like the idea of changing it and just making it so that, um, like even if it's just a rando encounter, like losing to a uh, chul, it, it is a whole adventure in and of itself. Yeah, you know? I'm into that too. Yeah, it's a good side side. You have spin to, off episode. You have to be episodes. playing a game where the players know that that can happen. Yeah, you're not doing like it's Ravenloft, and then you throw in like yeah. a random chul encounter, and it becomes this whole other thing. <laughs> like there's an undersea kingdom yeah in this like pseudo transylvanian i guess so yeah yeah and uh then i I think it's fine as long as you have the everyone's on the same page that way then anything can happen also if you deal ahead of time so that they know like they hear rumors or they have information that are like chul will just take you away and there's nothing you can do yeah that's what they do so that when you go mess with their stuff then you know what you're getting into it's a choice you've made yeah that makes sense. Um, and there's also, like, obviously, like, if you're doing, like, an Aboleth dungeon where the Aboleth is the big bad in your campaign or something, then you yeah. can have, like, increasing numbers of tools as you get closer to the 
yeah the ableth or yeah, like there should those, be tons those are kind of like the heralds of it you know yeah yeah maybe they get bigger the closer you get or yeah. something you can also draw inspiration, I think, from other crustaceans and have like weird, different looking aboleths if mm-hmm. you want. You know, you could have oh, like, yeah, a hermit crab aboleth that like is inside of something. Or even different chules. Just chules. Oh, sorry. I meant chules. You I meant chules. Yeah, yeah. I meant chules. I said aboleth. But yeah, just weird, different crustaceans, you know? You always look to weird crustaceans. Yeah. There's some weird crustaceans out there. I've got some blue lobster facts. Wow, hit me. So we t- <laughs> you probably <laughs> know them already. Blue lobster facts. I don't know. Uh, so they keep growing. We talked about that. Yeah. They eat each other, so they're cannibalistic. Yeah. They are not picky. Uh, females make the first move in mating. I guess most that happens in a lot of animals. Yeah. Actually, males put on the uh, the show. Yeah. And birds. Yeah. Uh, they taste with their legs. Cool. So they just go, well, I guess flies kind of do that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but that's how they know they're, because they're bottom feeders, so they're, they're walking on potential they're touching. food all the time. Yeah, that makes they're sense. touching it all the time. Yeah. And uh, they're kind of water bugs is the whole totally the thing, right? Yeah. That's kind of their job. They like are bottom feeding cleanup crew. Yeah. Uh, they chew with their stomachs. So they got like, they just kind of, Got grindy bits and they have a gastric and... mill. Oh, cool! Do they swallow rocks? Do they have gastroliths. I guess they don't need that because they have a gastric. Uh, no, mill. I think they just they just have like yeah. an organ in their stomach that just like crunches. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like they're like a small set of teeth in their stomachs, and they're right behind the eyes. Weird. And in a one-pound lobster, it's the size of a walnut. Wow. I don't know what a one-pound lobster is. I think that's pretty um. small. Yeah, it's like you make a motion like you know what this the size ish, of a one pound lobster. Have you? Do you weigh lobsters? Well, I feel like do you get lobsters from the grocery store. Uh, where they weigh them? No, I just I I feel like that's like probably I'm I'm imagining like you just had a solid grasp of like lobster. So I'm I'm picturing <laughs> so I I like. I'm picturing like a lobster and I'm like imagining what like a pound of something that I imagine is roughly as dense as a lobster would uh-huh. look like. So I'm just like, that's like a back pocket sort of idea of what a, a sure. pound lobster would yeah. be like. You can't see because this is a podcast, but I, I was... But you can feel it. You can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't have direct experience of like what... You one seem of, so sure. Yeah. I thought you knew for sure. No, uh, I don't know for sure. That was a guess. I think a pretty good guess, though. Like, I think if we went and found some lobsters, I'd be close. Like, yeah. I'm pretty confident about that. I believe, guess. Yeah. yeah. Casey, you, why are you walking through the cord? There's no obstacle that will hold her back. Uh, one lobster claw can exert up to 100 pounds per square inch of pressure, which I don't know how that compares to other things. I did, when I was in Alaska, we went to a, a, a raptor sanctuary. Yeah. And they had a little grip test that was like, can you grip as hard as a as an eagle? <laughs> and I I can't is the short answer. Yeah. Uh and I it gave you the average uh like human grip. Yeah. And I was determined to beat it. And I like I wrenched it so hard that there was like a sickening crack. <laughs> <laughs> and I like popped my own wrist and hurt myself. Oh man. For the rest of the day. Yeah. But I did it. Did and you grip harder than an average it. human? Uh, I end? did, but okay. at, at what cost? Well, 
I don't know. Can you really measure glory like that? <laughs> I wonder if, like, if you, who are you asking? Because when you ask me, like, here, grip this as hard as you can. We're measuring yeah. what the average human grip is. And I'm going to go all out. Yeah. And I bet you not everyone does because why would you? Yeah. <laughs> There's probably a bunch of people like, well, they want like average grip. So yeah, I'm just some people grip. are actually thinking helpfully and yeah, being like, I'm just going to give it like I'm a just solid grip. try. And yeah. I'm not going to like. This is how, I, how hard I would normally hold on to yeah. something if I was trying to keep it. I'm not going to pretend it's that uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling movie. Yeah. But also, I bet there's a bunch of like real macho people. You're right. That would be like, yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, which I like. I'm not. This is but a challenge. Sometimes, when it comes to dumb competitions, yeah, that is me. Just get me in the right place, and I'll totally put me in the right raptor yeah. sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining, like, I'm just imagining, like those, like, test your strength, sort of like things you would see. Like, I'm imagining, like, in a, in a, in a, in a like a fair or a bar somewhere yeah like in the back of a pool hall there's like a test your strength and there's like the you know going People's up the names. things and oh yeah like maybe no, a yeah, gorilla yeah, at the top or something <laughs> and you just like i feel like i've seen these in like arcades yeah in like a movie theaters right you just put the token in and you see yeah, how just, hard you can squeeze and it gives you a pretty generous i think sort of ranking calls you nice names yeah yeah Nobody called me anything. It just had like, here's where an eagle is. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. But were there, <laughs> was, were there like different birds of prey going up to see? Yeah, there was. That's great. Yeah. I was, I'm really happy about that. Humans was like right at the bottom. Yeah. Then it was like like various owls and then hawks and then eagles. Yeah. Eagles have uh, a locking mechanism in their talons. Yeah. Which is partly why their strength is so oh. great. Is that, uh, that actually their knuckles like like it's not just they're exerting pressure right. with their muscles their bones lock into place wow and can't be moved cool which leads sometimes to accidental deaths where they they latch on to something that they can't actually carry out of the water like a oh. fish that's too heavy or like an animal that's too heavy and for whatever reason they can't unlock their their talons so it drags them down. Yeah, like maybe it's like it's like the 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 something pulling against their talons like holds it. Yeah, in there's place some sort of thing. Yeah, it's for whatever reason so it's have too to difficult to let go to relieve but the in pressure. Water or they're too high or something, and they end up falling. Yeah, it's so kind of like a finger trap thing. They have to like relieve the pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To, yeah, yeah. There's something something about it makes it difficult sometimes. So, yeah, but their grip is like something like five or six times that of a human, like the average human. Yeah, it's like 250 pounds per pound pounds per square inch something like that something nuts anyways we're not talking about eagle people yeah we're talking about that's crab people. episode one but crabs this are is, what blue 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 these are blue crabs lobsters. and there are, are blue lobsters yeah. and they are 100 pounds per okay. square inch yeah so not the best but better than what you can do so i think the average human was like 40 or 50 or something like that. yeah they can regenerate limbs it's always handy it's always handy yeah. it's one of those uh one of those creatures that can do that along with like lizard tails their shells were once used to make golf balls i had no idea <laughs> well, how do you like how do you work with a lobster shell i have no idea yeah i don't know how i'm sure you maybe you grind it and then you form it into you just whatever make, shape like, lobster you have shell to grind powder, it into powder yeah. and then like probably yeah, I don't know. I was imagining some way of like working it like metal, like you can treat it somehow, and then you can just like bend it into your shape. And like boards, 
Yeah, sort of like, but this is like through people that for some reason are like their job is to form lobster shells into a sphere to make golf balls, right? That's what right. it was. And yeah. then just like putting the dimples in and it's... So you're thinking like a real craftsman. I'm, yeah, I, I, I guess I was just like, thinking like industrial, like, probably. like grind it up and add like glue. Yeah, let's, let's, that's probably what it Put is. Put it into but I a, was, a mold. I was picturing like a very non-alienating, <laughs> like artisan sort of I like, like... I like the way you... Yeah. you I like, uh, and then such a golf ball is worth like forty five dollars yeah. or something. Yeah, there's like this really cantankerous old Scotsman that like goes out and gets the lobster. He's the last one and, yeah. in Scotland who does it this way, and it's yeah. a fading. It's one of the things that millennials yeah. are killing. He's got like one apprentice that is kind of into it, but like the apprentice like wants to do something else completely, and yeah. so it's sort of yeah. Like this he wants to do uh, vegan lobster golf balls. Yeah, yeah. And he's gonna like stay true to the, the the theories, but the actual practice is gonna be wiped out. Yeah, in a few years. Yeah, which is probably that's probably fine, but it's like a little bit bittersweet for that old man, you know? Yeah, the world is changing around him. <laughs> his old ways, his old ways just can't can't cut it anymore. And now they're coming out with clean meat, so they're gonna they're gonna make clean lobster balls. Yeah, but they're gonna be toxic. Yeah, there's going to be a catch. There's going to be a problem. Some kind of weird problem. They turn you into crab people. You oh, man. Them. Yeah, all the all these caddies are getting like <laughs> these crazy lobster claws. That would be... Yeah, and so there's this, this country club where like the people just get more crustacean-y as time goes on. In Scotland, so no one yeah. notices. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, lobsters were once the go-to prison food because they were once so cheap and plentiful and considered tasteless. Yeah, I, I've I've read that there was like, um, for much of human history and like around the Atlantic Ocean, there was just the whole ocean floor was nothing but lobsters, yeah. and so it was just it was just fish in general. Yeah, anything in the water. Yeah was just fished uh, to the brink of extinction, which is what we're dealing with now these yeah. days. God damn. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we got more lobster lobster facts? That's all I have. That's I'm it, sure eh? there are more. Yeah. Um, I learned uh, cephalopods. Uh, I, think, I think we talked about them before. If not, I'm sure we'll talk about them at some point. But one of the things I learned about them that I didn't know prior to like a month ago is that so uh it's we generally know if you're on the internet you probably know that they can change color yeah and uh texture yeah as well but one of the interesting things is that the eyes of uh most cephalopods can't process color that well mhm so they can't actually see the colors that they are able to turn themselves into so how what are they doing their skin has <coughs> like receptors there's it's like in the skin itself oh so they got to touch something right and yeah. then their skin receptors can pick up on the wavelengths of light that well the, the, yeah like the the light bouncing off whatever uh they're like near wow their skin picks up the color so they have a sensory experience of color that's a tactile experience of color I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they like feel it or it's right. just an unconscious thing that that's happening. Yeah, 
I don't know if they like perceive it. Uh, yeah, no, I was, that way. I was making assumptions there. Yeah, but that's I didn't I didn't know that I didn't know that that that's how they. Yeah, I might be butchering it a little bit, but that's um, it was on um, in our time, which is a BBC podcast. They had a podcast on cephalopods. Yeah, because I've seen experiments where they um, took a cuttlefish and yeah. like put it in different patterns and saw kind of the cuttlefish's interpretation of those patterns, and it was really, really, really good at um, doing sort of like non-uniform kind of very natural sort of flowing patterns like it was able to camouflage itself with something that wasn't like totally linear but when it was a checkerboard it like did this weird stripe thing that didn't make any sense you know because it was was too uh like unnatural yeah if something is too like symmetrical and geometrical and like these perfect like um uh right like right angles and lines and stuff that doesn't occur in nature uh very often not in the environments that yeah so it has a hard time processing yeah it, yeah thinking about it but if we kept putting cuttlefish in uh like giant checkerboard <laughs> <laughs> if we keep playing chess against them for long enough they they would it w- I'm, I'm sure that like nature would select for checkered checkerboard capable cuttlefish you know <laughs> put that in your game yeah um but these aren't really cephalopods although they have the tentacle face yeah, they are mollusks along like all crustaceans and you're cephalopods right, yes. are all mollusks so they're they have a common ancestor yeah. you're totally right yeah. i didn't uh think about that uh yeah so totally valid to put something like that i don't know how you would but you could have them be like uh i guess what i'm trying to say is that they could make them more and more like predator yeah because you could have them be you could instead of being chewed as like south park crab people that are just like and or what what are they from dark crystal what was the name of them the uh the gartham 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 i think you could just yeah. have one and then make it a predator thing yeah. and have it be invisible using cephalopod uh camouflage techniques yeah and then make it hunt the magic users and then the last surviving party member uh realizes that it only hunts magic and kicks a magic wand away from uh the the only woman in the movie and then uses his own fireball wand to shoot at the the predator tool and possibly invalidating the entire movie yeah <laughs> uh and in the next one you go on to the tool ship <laughs> <briefly>. <laughs> yeah yeah um so you could do that and that would be a way but i kind of like the tool pow thing also oh if if you do do the predator thing uh instead of making it like the dark crystal tool you can Mm -hmm. make it like look up screen tests of the original predator suit yeah um which was super goofy it looked like a lobster so it kind (laughs) of looks like the tool yeah the 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 face looks like a lobster and it was john claude van damme running around uh in the jungle in this ridiculous suit and they were they sent the footage of it back to the studio and the studio was like this we have to pull the plug because you look insane and then they redesigned and we got the the movie we know today yeah with the uh the they have such a hard time picking up things with their hands like that's always the most frustrating thing about seeing a predator with me is when it ever does like a close-up of its hands (laughs) and they got these like long fingernails you know and it just can't like and like how like why does it have a button-based interface on everything when it clearly can't like manipulate stuff yeah it's like it is pretty uh (coughs) ridiculous like it's worried about damaging its claws with like the the touch screen interface yeah or like he's using i i kind of took it to me he's using like his little sister's 
medical kit yeah. that he forgot to bring his own. He just has his little sisters or something, and yeah. it's meant for someone like half his size. So it's, it's just like kind of. So uh, he's grabbing. He's using. It's like it, a tool can only like fit in half of his hands. So he has to wrap his whole. I know exactly what you mean. That, yeah. Yeah, he's got big hands. Watch the movie. <laughs> is what we're saying. Yeah. Um. So then from there, uh, I just have like kind of scattered lobster things. Oh, uh, bug fights. Yeah. Have you ever told you about bug fights? Japanese bug fights? Uh, no. No, I've never think heard of Japanese th- bug fights. This, I think I have, but like, tell me, tell me about them. It's probably me telling yeah. you. Uh, I saw them maybe 10 years ago on the internet, on the wild internet of 10 years ago. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you can still find them because I don't think it's illegal or anything, but it's, I don't know what the purpose of them is. I looked it up to find out where they come from or what's going on, but I can't figure it out. But it is just a 50 episodes or something, and it is exactly what you think it is. It is different bugs put into an aquarium and filmed with uh, Japanese commentators like uh like ring announcers yeah. not, uh, and then like superimposed images of like whatever celebratory like this like stuff on the edges like you yeah. see when you watch like japanese sports and it's just two bugs fighting to the death or d- yeah. like doing whatever they're gonna do but it often involves them fighting to the death yeah. and i remember watching a bunch when i was young and impressionable and being completely wrapped because it is so strange to see. I fully tried to make bugs fight each other when I was a kid. <laughs> like, absolutely. I think I went into the creek and captured crayfish and, like, try and just put them next to each other. And I was like, they're going to fight. And they oh. just, like, kept existing because they were... Because they're both crayfish. Because they're both crayfish, right? Yeah. And I remember, like, finding a spider. I was like, cool, I got a spider. And then finding a beetle. I was like, I got a beetle. I'm going to put them in to the sandbox next to each other yeah. in like this sort of arena that I made for them because it was like summer and I was like eight and yeah. I was just finding bugs, you know? Yeah. Um, and they always just like parted ways, you know, and <laughs> went and did their own thing. And one time uh, I got so really your problem excited. was you have to make it so that they know they can't escape, I That's, think. Yeah, I think that was part of it. Um, I think I did sort of like introduce a praying mantis to a bug that it ate in front of me one time and that yeah. was just like the best thing that i had that my eight-year-old self yeah. had, had seen but like i i i yeah i absolutely a, try to get bugs to fight each other there's there's a villainous uh west grist in an alternate yeah. reality or maybe this is the villain maybe just, yeah uh, you're either secret villain or latent villain so maybe uh me telling you about bu- japanese bug fights is the wrong way to go <laughs> this might uh reawaken something in you yeah so no. uh pursue this thread at your own peril but <laughs> i do, i don't think i'm gonna make a habit of forcing animals to fight each other is it that's that's probably in my good. adult life yeah. um i'm not even sure like i can't even really promote the watching of this for interest's sake it is it's, pretty dubious um, it's extremely dubious yeah it is uh you could very easily just say it's completely cruel and unnecessary i mean it is unnecessary yeah that is for sure uh cruelty wise i don't i don't know i think so but i it's also uh utterly fascinating 
Well, it brings us back to the the sapiens thing, right? Full circle, yes. right? I, 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 it's, 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 yeah. I think I'm right there with you. But I think you should like whether or not you watch the fights, you mm-hmm. should know that this is a thing that exists because yeah. it's insane. It's a th- yeah, thirty part video series. What's the toughest bug? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's got to be some kind of hornet, like a, uh, like a like a really big wasp. They have like a tarantula hawk. They didn't really do um, tournaments. Okay, it was just kind of each one was its own exposition. Right. Uh, it wasn't like a bracket. <laughs> there was no. They didn't. They should have because that would have been. Uh, for the purposes of gambling, uh, beautiful. Yeah, but I have the like the whole list of the the matchups, and there are a lot of uh, scorpions and some crayfish. There was even a there's a blue lobster versus something, <laughs> which was nuts. Um, some hornets, yeah, lots of hornets. <sighs> oh boy, it's pretty nuts. And and stats, I see. So if you go on Encyclopedia Dramatica, it's kind of like a fake Wikipedia written oh, in yeah. more internet uh, savvy language. But it also gives you more. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are three rules of Japanese bug fights. Rule number one, two bugs fight to the death. <laughs> Number two, bug fights go on as long as they have to. And I don't think... I think this is pre-Fight Club. Yeah. Number three, outside weapons are prohibited. <laughs> I I like the... And the reason... Like, it's sort of like every rule is like that rule for a reason. It's because, yeah. So, like, there was at some point somebody was, like, giving those tiny little cocktail swords. Yeah. <laughs> the, Just putting a loaded gun like, inside. To, yeah. Just a human-sized loaded gun just in there. <laughs> hey, man, this could be a breakthrough. I do like also that there's like there should be way more rules. There should be there's a little no rule that rules. says two bugs. It says two bugs fight to the death. But like, if you just stuck to these rules, you could you could you could mess with these rules. Yeah, and affect the outcome of of Japanese bug fight. I think the website still works, but I feel like every time I'm on it, like it's got to be illegal. Yeah. Oh, what? If you go to JapaneseBugFights.com, it looks like a fan site where they've turned bugs into like Pokemon characters. Oh, no. It's the Japanese Bug Fight okay. site, but they've... They've just got mascots. They have... They've created... Uh, there are like characters, so but they look like Pokemon. So I'm going to click on one. There's a Pokemon. It's a hornet called Lil' Kim. I'm going to click on it. Here's Lil' Kim. It's like his... Big deviant art uh, Pokemon, and that's it. But I wonder if it corresponds to an actual like hornet that they have. That's like their specific champion. Yeah, hornet. but I, don't, I think it's def- like they're not making more. I don't think. But like, why is this happening? Okay, this is a rabbit hole. I'm not prepared to go down right now. <laughs> but uh, check that out, or don't. <laughs> yeah, either way, <laughs> just know that it's there. That's a thing that happened. And it was televised and put on the internet for reasons that I can't find out. Um, All right. I don't know how to use that in the game other than the obvious arena fighting bugs. So maybe in a in an old Abolith, 
the the chules keep like an arena supplied so that they keep they can get like the most the strongest specimen right oh and for so, their stock but then the abolus went away and then the the chules kept like tournament like getting into a fight yeah, so there's they, these two chules or like a like a sort of like assembly line of chules going and like doing battle with each other that are like the toughest most badass tools ever. Yeah. But they don't do anything except fight each other. So there's yeah. no way to get them to do anything else. Yeah, yeah. So there's a problem. All these, like, the tools are ripe for problems, I think. Yeah. Operating on rules that no longer make any sense. They were, they're, yeah. Like, they're not automatons, but, like, they work in, like, a fantasy setting a lot of the way that, like, robots kind of work in science fiction. Yeah. Settings. Like, like, imagine, put it into a human uh, perspective of, like, what if there was like a a palace they all all who were in there were there to serve the king yeah and then the king has been long gone but everyone's compulsion to serve the king is still as yeah. high as it is as strong as it was and but they also are intelligent enough to know that that's the case yeah and that they are like stuck doing it like we were yeah we were kind of talking about yeah. this earlier but i'm, I'm I guess thinking more like just lifting that idea and forgetting that they're forgetting the tool and putting it into different situations. Yeah. Just and if idea. you, if you just start looking at them as beings and not as these weird alien crab people, they're like really sympathetic, you know? Yeah. They, I think they make great villains because yeah. you, if you know their full story, you can really sympathize with them. Yeah. But if you're getting, uh, antagonized by them, you're probably still going to, yeah do the D and D thing. You're not super concerned with their well being while they're paralyzing yeah. you with their tentacle phases. <laughs> you're gonna talk about it around the fire later. Yeah. But you're gonna get out of there so by any of, means necessary. Kinda of feel bad for those giant crab people that were holding me up with their claws and paralyzing me with their tentacles. Yeah. Yeah. You go back and rescue them. Yeah, and you can try to you move them to your will, whatever you want. Yeah. If you're uh, like kind of a like a devious wizard, you just convince them that you're an Apoleth, right? And then you've yeah. got your army of tools. You can make them like Dr. Zoidberg. Yeah. They got Zoidberg faces and everything. Yeah. And claws. Yeah. They're real Zoidbergy. They're Zoidbergy. Yeah. The uh Zoidberg was a, a a creature called a Decapodian, I think. Mm. And that meant that they have ten stages of life. Right. Where they change forms every single time. They start off as coral. Right. And then a hydra, then starfish, urchin, anglerfish, lamprey, clam, trilobite, cuttlefish, humanoid, and then their mating phase where they turn into like like a pink ooze. Yeah. And all mesh together and become coral. Uh so the whole joke was that like Zoidberg is just like one this is like, he's kind of, I think the the joke to me was that they're so, they change lives so often that they're not fully like all there. Yeah. Which is why he was so crazy. Yeah. He doesn't need to really invest that much energy into being like a societally functional yeah. humanoid thing. So you could have Chul of like different life stages. Yeah. You could even have like a Chul who lives among people. But then on the next life stage, he'll grow like the extra legs and the claws yeah. and stuff or whatever. And then they root down and then grow into this coral thing and they have little polyp tools that come out. Yeah. Yeah. What if the dungeon itself was like an old tool made out of ground 
lobster shell they get real big and then they become the house that the little ones live inside of and grow from the inside of it and then it becomes like a fortress for the tools and then they go off and they grow up and become dungeons yeah and then one of them is like a really heroic tool that does a lot of stuff for its abolith it gets big enough that it like becomes a structure right yeah yeah and then from its insides then other little ones get that's that's their life cycle that's rad all right good work (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right well i don't have a whole lot more to say about them uh no have you seen the lobster the lobster yeah no the 2015 absurdist dystopian black comedy directed oh. co-written and co-produced by yorgos lanthimos starring colin farrell no i haven't seen this movie it's probably not at all helpful for yeah. brainstorming things for tools to do but it's about uh and in the future, if you're single for too long, they'll turn you into an animal unless you like pair up with someone. Right. Uh, and then it gets weirder from there. It sounds pretty great. Yeah. Uh, I think some people hated it, but I really liked it. I can't really think of what, of how to do that. Or I guess you could just take that idea completely and just take like, in my brain, that's like that is a one hundred percent solid premise, and it <laughs> rests only on execution because that is an amazing premise. Yeah, exactly. It's an amazing premise, but it doesn't really tell you what the story is. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like rubber, you know, <laughs> where it's the tire. It's like yeah. a tire that like is awakened and it has psychic powers. Yeah, you know. What is the movie? Hard to say it's on good, paper. Though. Yeah. Um. So go watch the lobster and then tell. Tell us how you would use it for Dungeons and Dragons. Did I have something else? I think I had one more thing. Oh, uh, South Park Crab People. Who the only thing I know about them is that they chant Crab People. I think it's Crab People. Crab yeah. People look like crab, talk like people. I think that's what that's. <laughs> I think that's the full chant. I, I like that you know the second part to it. Um, I might that might have just been an add-on. That's great. No, I don't know if that's not there. It should be. It's it's in my head canon, but I don't know if it's part of the so world. they're kind of like they're kind of like the dark crystal crabs in, in that they're just like a mass of uh kind of dumb but disruptive yeah they're not i don't know who they work for in south park but i think they're their own i think they work for themselves yeah i think they're just, they they're just self-employed have a parallel subterranean world yeah. right and they just kind of show up every now and then well they show up now and then like we do with this podcast yeah What's the the next monster going to be? Cloaker. Yeah. The flying mantis. Manta ray, not the mantis. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, Chul also been around since third edition. It's not an old one, not a new one. It's a middle one. Do they look uh, cooler in other editions? Oh, for, I didn't look that up for some reason. I don't know if I can look that up quickly. Oh, yeah. They looked... Uh, in third edition, they were way more slimier. See, this is even better. This is better because it's like rising out of muck. It's way better. So it's coated. It looks like it's coming out of the, the landscape itself. It looks like something that would be on the cover of like a pulp magazine with like a Lovecraft story in it. Definitely. You know? Yeah. It's... It looks a bit like an old one, but it's still very much like a physical lobster thing with yeah. claws coming out of the mud. 
that's even that's and there's no it doesn't even show you the setting it just like has the mud like that's coming off of it it implies the rest of the that's great yeah scene. you don't even need the background because you've got it. some of the scenery so on the figure i mean i'm sure that wasn't easy to make but like the the idea of putting that there is so easy and so much better there are a bunch of uh good chul images that i think are better than the one in the monster manual even there's one that's like basically the exact same form but instead of with his claws up, it's just down and hunched, and it looks way better. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just, I you got to picture a table about to be smashed in front of the... <laughs> yeah. Either do it, like, really animalistic and slimy, like the look of the Forgotten Realms yeah. tool, or do it like a stupid crab, yeah. dark crystal person. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great if that was the image was like a just mid table smash, you know, <laughs> and there's no mention of that anywhere. Like it's still the same text and everything in here. Yeah. It's just like crushing a, yeah. a, a barrel of, we would have spent so much time analyzing the fact that it was like <laughs> smashing some furniture. If yeah. that was what was depicted there. Thinks it's a nut. Yeah. Crabs love nuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got to go. Yeah. Okay. That's enough of that. Um. See you next time. Thanks for listening. You got anything to plug? What's your music? That's how I interview musicians. Yeah, Elias.bandcamp.com. It's a zero instead of an O. You can find all my stuff there. It's free. Uh, you can also use it in the background for whatever you want. And you can find this music there soon. Probably now. Now. Yeah. And uh, email us, monstermanualmash at gmail.com. Well, whatever you want to say or ask, even if it's unrelated to anything, we'll figure out a way mm-hmm. of making it related. And also, uh, November the 18th is Monster Manual Mash Con. Great. Until they find a better name for it. And uh, I'm going to put up a public event page for that on facebook and probably solicit a few more dungeon masters and then figure out a way of getting people to sign up for it or pre-register or something i don't know yet but more on that later yeah details incoming that's it goodbye go home good night <laughs>